Start tonight's headlines. Health officials warn of a possible rebound in COVID-19 infections after the government reported 489 new cases today, 65 of them imported. An infectious diseases expert calls on the government to stop recognising rapid test results. It's believed some residents have given false information through the self-test system to fulfil vaccine pass requirements. And officials warn foreign domestic workers they will be enforcing social distancing rules over the Dragon Boat holiday. Health officials have warned of a possible rebound in COVID-19 infections as the government reported 489 new cases, 65 of them imported. Priscilla Ung reports. Around two-thirds of the latest infections were confirmed through self-reported rat tests and the Centre for Health Protection said a number of them may be false positive cases. On Wednesday, 505 infections were logged, even though authorities said some of them subsequently tested negative in PCR tests. Dr. Truong said new outbreaks have emerged at another bar in Central, a school that held a dancing class on Sunday, and a boarding school involving a total of 28 patients. She pointed out that 18 of the patients went to the link bar on Pottinger Street last Friday and Saturday, and one of the patients had also been to the Iron Ferries bar, the center of another outbreak. Another six people, meanwhile, got infected after attending a jazz dancing class at Holy Trinity College in Shekhet May on Sunday. The third outbreak involved four students of Lipo Chen United World College in Wu Kaisha who lived in dormitories on different floors across two separate blocks. The CHP's Trang Shukwan said authorities will monitor the pandemic situation closely and urged people to exercise caution during the long weekend. There's a certain degree of risks if you go to these restaurants and bars. That's why we have the Leave Home Safe app, the vaccine pass. We hope there won't be serious consequences even if there are transmissions, that there won't be serious infections or deaths. So if you must go to these high-risk places, you should be fully vaccinated. There was one more COVID-related death involving a 64-year-old chronically ill woman. An infectious diseases expert has called on the government to stop recognising rapid test results after the SAR saw a jump in cases reported through the self-test results system. Wilson Lam from the Hong Kong Society for Infectious Diseases said it's believed some residents might have submitted results from months earlier or even given false information to fulfil the vaccine pass requirement. Dr Lam said authorities should only recognise cases that have been confirmed by PCR tests. Given the, the number of cases now is decreasing to a relatively low level and then we have more than able capacity to do PCR for every uh, patient basically. So what I suggest is actually we could still continue asking people to use RAT as a first test to test whether they have COVID or not. But then they should undergo a PCR test to confirm that result because of the recent introduction of BA.2 subvariants into the community. If we are doing PCR tests, then we can also monitor the situations as well. Officials have urged foreign domestic workers not to go out on their days off, warning that authorities will be enforcing, enforcing social distancing rules over the Dragon Boat holiday. Priscilla, Priscilla Ung again. 
The Labor Department said joint operations will be carried out with police, food and environmental hygiene officers, and other officials over the long holiday weekend in parks, beaches, and pedestrian areas to make sure helpers comply with the relevant regulations. In a statement, it reminded domestic workers to strictly observe the regulations and appeal to them to avoid gatherings, food sharing, and other social activities on their rest days and holidays. It said they should stay at home and rest as far as possible. In order to safeguard their personal health and reduce the risk of infection, it also appealed to employers to explain the current special circumstances when discussing rest day arrangements with their helpers and appeal for mutual understanding. Current social distancing rules include a ban on public gatherings of more than four people, while wearing masks outdoors remains obligatory. Offenders can be hit with a $5,000 fine. And now the weather, mainly cloudy with a few showers and thunderstorms. The minimum temperature will be around 27 degrees, hot with sunny intervals during the day tomorrow. The maximum temperature will be about 31. Current temperature at the observatory is 29 degrees with humidity of 79%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is 5 minutes past 11. Police are warning people not to test their determination to enforce the law on June the 4th. Officers say even going alone to Victoria Park could end in an arrest for unlawful assembly if someone is deemed to be there with a common purpose to express certain views. Frank Young reports. Authorities banned June 4th gatherings at Victoria Park in 2020 and 2021 citing COVID concerns and a force says it has yet to receive any applications for a gathering there this Saturday. But Senior Superintendent Liu Kake says police are still concerned about potential illegal activities in the vicinity of the park. He's warning people not to make appeals online for others to gather in Causeway Bay, adding that the force will be deploying sufficient manpower to deal with any situations that arise. Asked by reporters whether it will be illegal for people to wear black clothes or light candles in the area, he said it's totally fine for people to go to the park but only if it's for genuine leisure purposes. Even though if you are alone and then coming to Victoria Park, but according to the law, I am stress that if you are staying together with a group of people at the same place at the same time and with a common purpose to express certain views, it is already meeting the definition of a meeting. And depending on the number of persons at the scene, that may contravene offences, including unauthorised assembly, really try not to test the boundaries as well as testing the determination or our commitment in enforcing the law in this operation. The senior superintendent also pointed out that a ban on public gatherings of more than four people is still in place. The High Court has found former Democratic Party lawmaker Ted Hoy guilty of four counts of contempt of court. He fled Hong Kong in 2020, as Jimmy Choi reports. When Ted Hoi left Hong Kong for Denmark when he was on bail facing multiple protest-related charges, he had said he'd be visiting lawmakers there, but later announced he was going into exile and would not return. Handing down his sentence in Hoi's absence, Justice Andrew Chan said the former legislator had misled the police into believing that he would come back to Hong Kong to stand trial, and that he had breached a bail condition by failing to turn up for court hearings. He said Ho had worked with Danish politicians to fabricate an itinerary and invitation letter for his trip. The judge added that by missing court hearings deliberately, Ho had caused delays and disruption to court proceedings, perverted the course of justice and undermined the public's confidence in the SAR's legal system. 
prosecutors have asked for a custodial sentence for Ho, who is still overseas. The hearing was adjourned for sentencing at a later date. Town Gas plans to raise its basic tariff by 1.15 cents to 27.2 cents per megajoule from August 1st, citing increasing operating costs due to inflation. In a government paper submitted to LegCo, the company was quoted as saying that 70% of its residential customers will pay no more than $10 extra for their gas bill each month. Foreign Minister Wang Yi has arrived in Papua New Guinea on his continuing visit to Pacific Island nations to shore up relations. A Xinhua commentary said Beijing is committed to deepening ties, but Mr Wang's visit to Port Moresby coincides with an election charged by China's proposal for a sweeping regional trade and security pact. Aaron Tam reports. The Xinhua commentary says Wang Yi's 10-day trip reflects Beijing's sincerity and commitment to deepening its comprehensive strategic partnership with Pacific Island countries. It says this partnership is built on mutual respect and common development. The editorial adds that China has accumulated a great deal of experience in socio-economic development and will always be ready to lend a helping hand. But the foreign minister arrived in Papua New Guinea amid heightened tensions in the lead-up to a national election. An official told the media that Beijing's proposal for a regional security pact had caused resentment in the resource-rich nation. On Monday, a virtual meeting hosted by Mr. Wang in Fiji with diplomats from 10 island nations deferred consideration of a sweeping regional agreement. The sprawling agreement proposed by Beijing spans policing and security to fisheries, data and a free trade zone. Speaking at a press conference with Australia's Foreign Minister Penny Wong, who is on a competing regional trip, Samoa's Prime Minister Fiame Naomi Matafa said her country was concerned that Pacific Island nations had been unable to discuss China's proposal among themselves first. Our position was that uh, you cannot have regional agreement when the region hasn't met and to be called in to have that discussion and have an expectation that there would be uh, a comprehensive decision or outcome was something that, you know, we could not agree to. So I think the, the region um, has come to that conclusion that, you know, there's, we need to, to meet as a region to consider any proposal that's put to us by our uh, development partners. Papua New Guinea's Foreign Secretary Elias Wahangu told a newspaper that the country was unlikely to sign a security deal with Beijing, adding its security status is something it will deal with itself. The timing of Mr. Wang's Pacific Islands trip has also been criticized by PNG's former Prime Minister, Peter O'Neill, who is campaigning for the top job. In a series of interviews, he said it would be improper for China to donate security equipment or offer security support for the election. Mainland officials have spoken out against the launch of talks to deepen trade ties between the United States and Taiwan, an initiative that follows an agreement U.S. President Joe Biden announced last week with a number of Asian economies, Violet Wong reports. The Commerce Ministry said Beijing opposes any form of official contact between Taiwan and foreign countries. It added Washington should act prudently in handling trade and economic ties with Taipei. The initiative to bolster trade ties between the U.S. and Taiwan in some ways parallels the Biden administration's Indo-Pacific economic framework, a partnership with 12 Asian countries that he launched last week during a visit to Seoul and Tokyo, which excluded the island. 
In a statement, the U.S. Trade Representative said that both sides will work to develop an ambitious roadmap for negotiations, for reaching agreements with high standard commitments and economically meaningful outcomes. Following Mr. Biden's Asia trip, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken restated his country's commitment to the one-China policy over Taiwan. That was after the president said the U.S. would get involved militarily should the mainland attack the island. Responding to the speech, the foreign ministry said the Taiwan issue is purely China's internal affairs. The United Nations has accepted the Turkish government's request to change the international name of the country to Turkey. The government says Turkey, the country's name in the Turkish language, represents and expresses the culture, civilization, and values of the nation. President Recep Tayyip Erdogan has issued a decree that all products made in the country are to be denominated as made in Turkey. The BBC's Anna Foster reports. The new name has been used domestically for some time now, with President Erdogan describing it as the best representation of Turkish people's culture, civilization and values. Turkiye is how the name is spoken and written in the Turkish language and has been since its independence in 1923. The anglicized Turkey often drew unfavorable comparisons with the bird of the same name. The change became official as soon as the UN received the letter yesterday and it's expected that the international community will now begin using the new name. In Britain, Queen Elizabeth has overseen a fly-past of 70 aircraft on the first day of events to mark her Platinum Jubilee. The 96-year-old monarch was joined on the Buckingham Palace balcony by family members for the aerial display. Earlier, a military parade kicked off four days of festivities celebrating the Queen's record seven decades on the throne. More muted festivities are also being held in British Commonwealth countries around the world. Beacons are being lit in 54 capital cities from Samoa in the east to Belize in the west. Bruno Peake is the pageant master in charge of the Beacons event. We've got three and a half thousand being lit around the world. Uh, We've got one in every capital city of the Commonwealth countries, uh, plus another one in other locations in each Commonwealth country, and in all the overseas territories. It's been sort of a tradition to light beacons for special royal occasions since Queen Victoria, but this will, of course, be the biggest and the best. A reminder of our top stories tonight. Health officials warn of a possible rebound in COVID-19 infections after the government reported 489 new cases today, 65 of them imported. An infectious diseases expert calls on the government to stop recognising rapid test results. It's believed some residents have given false information through the self-test system to fulfil vaccine pass requirements. And officials warn foreign domestic workers they will be enforcing social distancing rules over the Dragon Boat holiday. The news from RTHK. Yeah, yeah, RTHK, Radio 3.
suspicions run wild. The secret is about to unfold. Upstairs before the night's too old. Tonight's the night. It's gonna be alright. 'Cause I love you, girl. Ain't nobody gonna stop us now. Rod Stewart opening our second hour this Thursday night here in Hong Kong and tonight's the night if you're lucky 19 past 11 if you want to be in touch it's Radio Pete at Gmail don't forget our sentimental journey comes winging its way to your ears at 5 past midnight Keep your mind on the mind. 